Welcome to Open for Business, a Nebraska Women in Agriculture Agripreneurship Series. I'm Jessica Grosskopf, Director of the Nebraska Women in Agriculture Program. Each month here on Open for Business, we'll bring you one-on-one -on -one conversations with female entrepreneurs in Nebraska's agricultural industry, focusing on their grit, determination, trials, and successes. Each program is recorded from a live webcast on the second Tuesday of every month. Register on our website, wia.unl.edu, to join live and have your questions answered by our guests. For over 35 years, Nebraska Women in Agriculture has worked to deliver unbiased, research-based education by showcasing the entrepreneurial spirit of innovative Nebraska women, we hope to inspire and uplift others to pursue their own goals while picking up some creative and useful insights along the way. Good evening, everyone. I'm Brittany Fulton, the Extension Assistant at the Nebraska Women in Agriculture Program. Thanks for joining us today. This is Open for Business, a webinar series that focuses on female agribusiness entrepreneurs. On the second Tuesday of the month, we'll feature Nebraska Women in Agriculture to show their grit and determination as they share their stories about how they've overcome business shocks. During our time together, please use the chat box located in the bottom of your screen to ask questions. We'll address those questions as time allows. Today, we have Sherry Jarvis from Burwell, Nebraska, who started Heart in Your Hand Horsemanship in 2003, training horses and teaching horsemanship clinics across the country. She decided she wanted to stay home more often, so she built Horse Lovers Bunkhouse, where guests can bring their horses or lease the ranch house for lessons and trail rides. With access to over 100,000 acres in the beautiful sand hills, the trails are peaceful and scenic with no roads or power lines, just cattle, coyotes, deer, birds, and lots of frogs along the natural lakes. Sherry's also an inspirational speaker, mostly for Christian women's groups and churches. She's an author. Her first book is Win Your Horse's Heart, and she's currently working on finishing a few more. Since Sherry is a retired school teacher, she still loves teaching, and in 2021, created an online coaching program for women in their second half of life to help slow down premature aging by phasing out things from diet, lifestyle, and thinking, which accelerates aging. Thanks for joining us, Sherry. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Perfect. We're excited you're here. We're just going to jump right into this, and I just want you to go ahead and tell us about yourself and your background. Okay, I'm Sherry Jarvis. I actually um, was born in Lincoln when my dad was in college, and um, then he moved back to work on a ranch here by Burwell, Nebraska, where he and my mom were both born. And uh, then after college, I, I got a teaching degree and uh, worked at a cattle ranch out in um, uh, north of Whitman. But I, I was a school teacher, but I also helped them train their cutting horses. So um, I have always been in horses and teaching, it seems like, most of my life. And um, either teaching or teaching horses or teaching people. And um, so about... Let's see, it'd be 17 years ago now. I, I moved all over. I moved, I lived in um, Montana and Texas and Wyoming and Nevada. But uh, 17 years ago, I moved back because my parents were aging and just needed some help, uh, you know, to support them. And um, I did get a teaching job in a little one room school here near Burwell. They still had those little K 8 one room schools. I only taught there two years because then they closed them all and consolidated. 
Um, they would have given me a job in Burwell, but I went, oh, what the heck, I'm just going to quit and do my own thing. So that's kind of how I got started with my business. Great, Sherry. Let's just talk about Heart in Your Hand Horsemanship. Tell us how you got started. Okay, well, I kind of got the start of it there for you. Actually, if I back up a little bit when I before I quit my teaching job, um, back when I was in Wyoming, I started going um, in the 90s, horsemanship clinics became very popular. And so I started going to some horsemanship clinics. I've been riding my horses all my life. In fact, I just got in from riding a little bit ago. So that's why I'm a hat on because I have hat air. I've been out riding for since eight o'clock this morning. Anyway, um, in Wyoming, I went to a lot of horsemanship clinics and I was pretty shocked that I'd been riding all my life and there was a lot of things I still didn't know because you just don't know what you don't know. <laughs> so I started going to those clinics and I was just like, wow, I can do a lot more stuff with my horses now. So when I moved to Nebraska and I was teaching school, um, there was a Nebraska Horse Expo every year and it was by the Nebraska Horse Council. And they, they don't even have it anymore. But um, I, I called up this man and um, that was there and I just kept bugging him. I was still teaching school and I kept bugging him and bugging him and I was just persistent. I said, I want to do a demonstration. I want to do a demonstration. Well, we are already full. No, I'm going to do a demonstration. <laughs> and I just kept bugging him and bugging him until he finally let me do a demonstration. He said, the only reason I let you is because you were so persistent. And um, so that's kind of how my business was born because I went to do this demonstration at the Nebraska Horse Expo and nobody had heard of me. Nobody knew me or anything because I just moved back. And um, so I did a bareback and bridalist demonstration and a liberty demonstration with my horse on the ground where I didn't have a halter or anything on him. And all these women kept coming up to me afterwards and saying, I want to be confident like you. And that word just coming confident, confident, confident. And so I went home and I started scratching out on paper how I could have a women's confident leadership camp. And so um, my first camp had 12 girls in it and my cousin, and I'm sure that a lot of people who are listening have heard of Kelmas Outfitters. Uh, they're very they're very famous in Nebraska. They just won some kind of award for uh, environment and agriculture friendly ranch. They're really famous, and they're my cousins. And um, that was back before they hardly had any business. And so I rented their lodges and their cabins and had my first camps there. And so I developed confident leadership camps. So that's how I got started. And then uh, the school closed. And so then I just said, oh, what the heck? I'm just going to quit and do this full time. That's how I got started. So what did you do at the, the confidence camps? Um, well, we did a lot of groundwork and we did classroom sessions as well. And um, a lot of them were not confident to like go out on a big trail, right? Most of these women were from Lincoln and Omaha. They'd only ridden their horses in arenas and some of them had had accidents. And um, so we, the first time I never forget, the first time we just led our horses out on a trail ride. And when they saw that big wide open space of the sand hills, they were just freaked out. 
And um, so it was a couple of days before they actually got on and rode. But we did um, uh, lots of um, exercises to help them overcome their fears and stuff before they were even on their horses. And in fact, I just had a lady here who was here for five days. She just left this afternoon. And after she left, then I jumped on another horse that I'm training for another woman. And this woman who was here for five days, she had had a bad, she's 70 and she had a bad accident last September and um, got a brain, brain bleed and a bunch of broken bones. And she hadn't ridden since last September. So she came for the five days to get her confidence back and get back on her horses. So a lot of them all ride their horses for them first. And, you know, and um, we do lots of praying too. <laughs> That's great. It sounds fun. Yeah. Um, so, so go ahead. Well, then the confidence camps, not everybody wanted to come out there. So I started um, traveling. The first seven years, I went to Omaha and Lincoln and just went from barn to barn and house to house and helped people with their horses until my name really got out there. I kept doing the expos every year. And, um, you know, like all businesses, they kind of evolve as they, they go along. And I traveled to some other states and gave clinics, but traveling is not just my cup of tea, but it really helped me and my husband, it wasn't his cup of tea that I was gone all the time either. And so it really, but it really helped get my name out there and, um, showed people that I could really help them and do, uh, what I said I could do. And so. Then um, the Kalmus Outfitters started getting really busy and I had to have like a reservation a year in advance. So I said, well, I'm going to build my own place. So um, then um, one of my my uh, clients actually was her husband was a contractor in Lincoln and he had this um, office building that was uh, for his one of his contract sites. And uh, they said, well, we'll sell it to you and we'll even deliver it to you. And they just gave me the deal of the century on it. And I, I didn't even ask them for it. And it just businesses just kind of have to, they evolve. And it was the biggest blessing I ever had because I now have Horse Lovers Bunkhouse in conjunction with Heart in Your Hand Horsemanship. And people come here and that like Sharon, she was here for five days. And a lot of times they'll bring their horse. I have another horse here that uh, a woman um, also had an accident and then she bought this new horse. And so she just wants me to do a tune up on the horse. And after I have it for a couple of weeks, then she'll come for lessons. So they just stay in my horse lover's bunkhouse. They bring their horses. And then it evolved after that again into um, my sister um, works on a ranch um, called Lazy Nine and it has 60,000 acres. It, it's right next door to Kalmus Outfitters which has 30,000 acres. And so people just wanted to come and trail ride maybe that um, already had a horse and didn't need to help their confidence. And so now people come and stay at the Horse Lovers Bunk House and I just take them on trail rides as well. So it, and then I decided, well, um, when I don't have horse people here, I could put it on Airbnb. So I put it on Airbnb and now I have people come that don't even know how to ride a horse and I take them trail riding. So I am super duper busy. I'm booked all the time between now and October. That's awesome. So That's it really just evolved. Exciting. 
Yeah, no, that's great. That's, that's a good business that it keeps evolving. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, let's kind of talk about some of the business shocks. You know, yes. we talked earlier last week, you had said you had faced a, a business shock. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Well, the biggest business, business shock probably was, um, as I told you, I moved back here to take care of my parents. So um, last May, my dad died. And a year ago, uh, July, my mom died. They were like 11 months apart. But for like three years prior to that, they were needing a lot of help um, um, and just needing lots of doctor's appointments. And of course, when you live in Burwell, doctor's appointments are far away. Like he went clear to York for his um, Parkinson's doctor. And then we would go to Grand Island and Kearney. And so it's just lots of traveling, you know. So um, there was just a lot of time that was taken to take care of them. And um, so that was the most, the biggest shock. And it lasted for about two and a half, three years where it was, it was really a big time crunch. Gotcha. So just a reminder to everyone, if you've got questions, go ahead and drop them in the chat box. Um, we did have a question come in and it's, how did you deal with liability of the horses and the Airbnb? Yeah, I use Equisure and Equisure is basically for exactly what I do. And um, then of course I have signs um, up for the liability and you can well, you used to, I got my signs. I don't know where you can get them now, but Nebraska Horse Council used to sell them and it has the, the, the number of the law and everything in Nebraska for horse liability. So you have your signs. And then of course I have them sign liabilities for riding the horses. And then it said also for your Airbnb, I also have a liability for people that come because not everybody for Airbnb because we have Camas out or um, Reservoir here. So some of the people that come just go to the, the lake. They don't even ride my horses and that's okay too. But I have a liability form for them to sign as well. Um, basically just says, because you know, when you're out in the country here, there are wild animals, you know, uh, if they're playing around out at night um, um, and there's not like sidewalks and concrete. I don't have sidewalks and concrete. And so the liability basically just says, you know, we have uneven ground here and, and I do have um, security lights and stuff, but still, it's still darker than what they're used to. And um, so I have a liability to sign just for staying in the bunkhouse. And on the liability, it says also that um, if they're not coming to ride, or even if they are, they cannot be with any of the livestock unsupervised. So, and then I have a list of rules that I put on the walls in the bunkhouse and kind of go over that with them when they come. So I hope that answers her question. I think you did a great job. Mm -hmm. So my next question for you is, you know, you have all these people coming onto the ranch, riding horses, or even just staying for the Airbnbs. Are you concerned about biosecurity and other like horse diseases coming to the ranch? And it, like, how do you deal with that? Do they have oh, to oh, that's a good question. No, um, I pretty much every, just make sure that everybody has their health certificates and, and their um, uh, shots up to date. I haven't had a problem yet. You know, I make, um, I do not let their horses drink out of uh, 
um, the same tanks, they have to bring buckets and they have to bring their own buckets. I don't provide buckets. So um, I haven't ever had a problem yet. Okay, well, that's great. Um, so kind of going back to these business shocks that we were talking about, um, you know, helping your aging parents and what did that teach you and how are you going to prepare for maybe a next business shock? You know, you don't, we never know what's going to come at us, but what did that teach you mm -hmm. for upcoming things? Well, the main thing it taught me was how to um, really keep a tight schedule <laughs> and stick with it. And the hardest part really was, um, you know, um, I make sure that everybody knows when they're scheduled and what time they're coming and what time they're leaving. Cause I have to, you know, if they, they needed to leave by one o'clock cause I needed to get in the car and take mom and dad to Grand Island for an appointment at three o'clock, you know? Um, but unfortunately you can't control people. You can just tell them. So I, I try to be a really good communicator about what they're, but you still have people that cancel and change their mind and all of that. But it really taught me to, to keep a schedule and um, write, and I keep a schedule on my website as well. And um, I always send reminders to people and that helped because um, without everybody keeping their schedule, it was just nigh impossible. So it really helped me with time management. Perfect. You know, last year was not a very ordinary year. You know, COVID happened. Most people weren't traveling. Did that affect you at all? It was the busiest year I ever had. I think people were just wanting to get out. And this year is, I am totally booked every weekend between April 1st and November 1st, every weekend. I'm not booked all during the weeks, but uh, in May, I only have three days off. And in June, I only have three days off. Uh, July, I'm only booked in the weekends in August right now. But I think people were just wanting to get out and it did not. Um, the only thing is I did hire extra help last year to make sure we sanitized everything in between people and stuff. So I, I couldn't really keep up with that by myself. So I did have to get extra help. Nice. Yeah, it's it's interesting how that played out. Um, I'm glad that you were super busy and that didn't impact you negatively. That's that's really great to hear. Um, mm -hmm. So let's kind of talk about being a female in the ag industry. Um, what challenges have you faced starting your business or any of that? Have you seen any, any things like that? Sure. Um, if when I started, I was doing clinics, and, and like I said, and um, the, the horse world, as far as horse trainers is dominated by men. Absolutely. And um, they get a lot more, um, I don't know if I can say respect, but, uh, and a lot more people coming to them because they're cowboys, you know? <laughs> and, but um, I just looked at the positive side of that. I rarely had men come to my, any of my clinics. Once in a while, a husband would come with a wife and once in a while, a husband will come with his wife here for trail riding. But um uh, men just weren't interested in learning from me. <laughs> and I just went, that's okay. You know what? There's all plenty of women out there that are. And so I, you know, even though they, that was a challenge, I just said, oh, well, there's more women out there probably that need me anyway. 
So that has been a little bit harder. And like I said, getting into the expos, because most all the demonstrators and stuff were men. Interesting. Yeah, I, I like you said, there's a lot of women who who need you. And I think you found your your perfect marketing mm -hmm. niche right there. That's, that's yeah. Great. And that's Hard. one thing I remember that um, I went to quite a few of like the Nebraska Chamber, I don't know which organization was. When I first started, I went to a lot of their business seminars about business. And um, and uh, one of the things they said they, that I remembered really clearly was they said, how are you gonna stand out from the rest of the people that are doing something similar to you? And when I first started, I was mainly just doing horse training and lessons. I started a lot of horses and stuff. But um, the way that I decided to stand out different was to be accessible and available after the clinic. Because most men clinicians, they come to town, they take your money, they leave, and you never hear from them again. So I got an email list, I did blogs, and I would send them my blog links, and I did some online stuff with them. And I said, if you've been to my clinic, you got my phone number. And if you ever have a problem, you call me. And so I made myself accessible and available where they weren't. It's just come to town, take your money, leave. And that's how I said I'm going to be different, that, that special touch of customer service. And it really has paid off. And, and then when I, would, when I was traveling all around doing lessons with everybody before I got my bunkhouse, Every time I'd come home, I'd write them a little note and send it to them in the mail and telling them all the good things they did and all the things they needed to remember that, that they weren't quite up to snuff yet with. And one girl said, because um, I'd go to the same people a lot over those seven years, and I went every month for seven years. I went every month to Lincoln and Omaha, given going from arena to arena. I was a traveling trainer. And uh, half saddle, we'll travel. I just had a little Subaru car. And I didn't even take a horse with me because I would train their horses, you know. And um, but anyway, I, I had that special touch that um, and one girl said, I saved every one of those notes you sent me, Carrie. So that's, awesome. that's one thing that I did to stand out. That's awesome. I, I am with you on that. That little special touch really goes a long way and makes a huge difference. Um, so like you said, you kind of rely on word of mouth for your advertising and to mm -hmm. get people involved, but do you do any other kind of advertising? Oh yeah, I do. Um, for a while when I was doing the clinics, we, you know, if I was going to go to a different town like Lincoln or something, we would do um, advertising in the paper. You know, there's a clinician coming to town. I really never got much from it, but our local chamber has an escape magazine and I'm in the chamber and they do different advertisings and I, I, I use them. And then I have website. I have a website for Heart in Your Hand and then one for Horse Lovers Bunkhouse. And then Airbnb, of course, has its own like website. And then I have a Facebook page and um, a blog. And um, I do get lots of business from Facebook. Um, I go to different women's, like there's Aging Horsewomen International, Over the Hill Horsewomen, Hags with Nags, Courageous Horse Riders. I joined those groups and like yesterday I posted pictures of Sharon saying, Hey, she's been here four days. Look at her riding because after her horse accident and everybody's like, I want to come, I want to come. So um, I spent a little time on Facebook doing connections that way too. 
Yeah, social media is a great tool. I mean, mm-hmm. you can network with so many people and reach so many different people that you might not reach any other way. So I, I think it's such a neat tool to use for businesses. So I'm glad you're using that. That's, that's and, great. and it's got, I've had people come to ride with me um, from Florida to Oregon, from both coasts. So that's pretty cool. And some of them bring their own horse. Some come to ride mine. But um, and then I did do internships for a while when I was starting lots of colts. I'm 63, so I just do tune-ups now. I don't need to start any more colts. Um, But when I was, um, I had uh, interns coming, young girls that wanted to learn how to train horses. And I'd take a bunch of horses and we'd start them together. And that was pretty fun, too. I don't do that anymore. Where did you find your interns at? Did you find them through the college or did you kind of just put out an ad? Um, Some of them came from Curtis because they require them to do an internship and I had to fill out the forms for them and everything through the college for their credit. And and, um, when they came for an internship, we didn't just do horses. I talked to them about business and personal um, service to your customers and how to deal with the people and stuff like that too. So I did more than just horses for them. Mm-hmm. Are you still doing the interns or I haven't done an intern since for three years since mom and dad got sick. I just didn't have time to do it. And um, so I haven't really pursued it in the last three years, but now they're both gone. I might do that again sometime. But that's another part of the shock. There's just some things you gotta cut out for a little bit. And then maybe you can bring them back later, but I just didn't have time to do that. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Um, so kind of going back to the the Airbnb stuff and having people come to the bunkhouse and you said you're busy, do you kind of have like a max amount of people that can come in a month, in a week? How do you figure out like what the perfect capacity is for a month for the mm-hmm. bunkhouse? Um, well, I'm a little overbooked in June and July, or no, uh, May and June. Um, in July, I'm only on the weekends. Um I don't like to do back-to-backs where they're coming the same day as they're leaving. I mean, one group's leaving and another one's coming. That only leaves me an hour or two to clean up and and stuff. And I do have a few back-to-backs like that this month, but I hire help to help me then. Um, But I don't like to do back-to-backs. So perfect is if there's, you know, 24-hour period before when one leaves and one comes. That's the best for me. And I, you know, I I do stay pretty busy in the summertime, but I look at it like, hey, I don't work all winter. (laughs) Yes. Um, That's when I do my author stuff. I write my books and I do my online courses and stuff. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about your book that you've written and maybe if you can, that give us a little insight to some of the new books that you're working on. Oh, okay. Well, my book is called Win Your Horse's Heart and Be a Better Horseman. And it's just like books uh, or chapters of horses that I've had and the lessons they taught me. And um, there's a couple of books about um, building your confidence and overcoming your fears because I'm really good at helping people with that. So um, that's a little bit about my book. Um, My new books, um, one is called, Is It Spring Yet? And it's kind of that journey of real, the shock of the really hard time of working through trying to run my business and working with my parents. It's like, it was like, is it ever going to be spring? Is this ever going to be over? 
So it's that's what that's about. Ooh, right. I'm getting all choked up on that one. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> Woo. <laughs> no, those sound great. Um, where can we where can we get those books if anyone's interested? Um, that one, the what the last one is not quite done yet. But um, my website is www.heartinyourhand.com, and um, my book covers right on the homepage of that and. Yeah, you can order it straight from me or there's a link there that takes you to Amazon and you can get it off of Amazon. Perfect. Um, you know, earlier when we were talking before we started the webinar, you said that you guys are really dry in Burwell. You know, that to me, that's a pretty big business shock. How are you going to deal with the drought this year? Yeah, that is a tough one. Um, <clears throat> I hope I'm going to make enough money to pay for all my it's because I'm going to have to buy more hay and hay is going to be more expensive. So I, I guess I'm just going to have to, um, you know, really budget and watch where, where I'm spending so that I have enough money to get be able to feed all my horses this year. And then as far as out there riding on the ranches, the two ranches that we ride on a lot. Um, yeah, OK. Um, I'm just going to be really careful. Um, most of the people that I take out riding, I don't allow them to smoke or drink or anything like that. So, you know, we'd want to be really careful about that when we're out there. But most of them, I, I don't let them smoke or drink um, when we're riding. So mainly is budgeting to probably have to buy some hay this year because I don't have much pasture left mm -hmm. already. Well, we'll just pray that you get some some kind of moisture up there here soon. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Perfect. Um, Sherry, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's wanting to start a business, whether it's something with horses or some other kind of business? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, first of all, is and it was one of your questions that you didn't ask me yet. Um, but you got to kind of test the market. Is there really a market for that? And I knew there was a market for that because at this expo, hundreds of these women just kept coming up to me and saying, I want that. I would just get their name and their phone number, you know, and um, you, you, do you, is it a niche that people are willing to pay for? I mean, you got to test a little bit to see what's out there to see if people are really going to want what you have. And um, what is the competition? And as far as in Nebraska, I had no competition. I mean, there were people that did dressage and reining and, and those kind of training, but none that had, and there's a big market. Um, I found out I got on different social media places and stuff. And there was, and that was back when it was Yahoo groups. It wasn't even, Facebook didn't even exist yet. And I would get on these Yahoo groups and there's all these women that were um, getting uh, um, their kids left home and they wanted their first horse and, and they really didn't know anything about horsemanship. And I grew up on the ranch and riding horses. And so there was a huge need out there. And um, I wouldn't have probably been able to be as successful as I was if that, if there wasn't that niche to feel. Perfect. Um, Sherry, you mentioned you work on online courses throughout the winter time while you're not really doing trail rides. Talk to me about what are those online courses? 
Well, I have a, a horse online course too that um, um, has videos of me doing horse stuff and then exercises for them to to go and practice and, and lessons. I use my teaching background all the time because I got a, a teaching degree. And so um, I love writing lesson plans and giving people homework. <laughs> so I have the horse one. And then um, I recently, because most of the women that are in my uh, niche are, most of them are at least in their late 40s to their 70s because they're the ones that want to come to me because their kids are gone and they got their horse and they want to start riding now. And so then they're starting to have these health issues and they're starting to have aches and pains when they're riding. And I'm 63 and I still don't, man, I'm still going strong. In fact, I remember a couple few years ago when I had my interns, I, I jumped over a fence real fast because the horse, horse was get about to get hurt. And I mean, I just flew over the fence and this little intern, she could just look at me like this. She stares at me for a long time. She said, I said, what's wrong? She says, you're older than my mom. And I can't imagine my mom doing that. <laughs> so um, I do live a very healthy lifestyle. And so it just flew in. And there's my niche again, having another need that I could fill. And so um, I just did all my research and I started a program called The Best Is Yet To Come. Just because you're aging doesn't mean you can't ride your horse. And it was really inspired by a woman who lives out in um, Wyoming. She's in her 80s. They still live on a huge ranch out there. She still rides her horse and she's on no meds. And it's just amazing. And she was my inspiration. And she's taught me a lot about health and how to be healthier. And I just like look at her as my inspiration. And I'm just like, I want to be like you, Alice, when I'm 80 some. And um, so um, that's my new program. It's called The Best Is Yet to Come. And it's an online course where, again, I just like my horse when I have videos and I have um, homework for them with powerful questions for them to ask themselves and practical tips. And um, I'm big on, especially with the confidence camps and the, the is making decrees about yourself. Uh, decreeing, don't decree, oh, I'm old and decrepit and I'm not going to be able to ride my horse next week. No, let's not decree that. Let's decree that I'm healthy and fit and I'm doing the things that are going to make me healthy and fit and I'm going to be riding my horse till I'm 80. And so I teach a lot about decrees as well. So these women just needed an extra support of how to keep themselves in shape for their riding and it just fit together like a glove. That's awesome. I love your positive attitude about all of this. I think it's so fun and it's just like a fresh of breath air. You know what I'm trying to say? Yes. Um, but I think it's wonderful how you how you take all this on. Um, and that's the other thing with with um, you know advice I would give to people for business is what you said is. Don't look at the problems as a big mountain. It's just a stepping stone that you have to figure out the solution to. There's always a positive answer for it. You know, I was tired of the traveling and all of a sudden I got my bunkhouse. You know, you just every there's a solution to every problem in your business, but you got to be looking at the positive side for the solutions. If you just look at, oh no, look what's happening, then it's 
probably not going to work out as good. Yes, I would 100% agree with that. Um, Sherry, you've been doing this for quite a few years now. And yep. what's your favorite thing that you do year to year? Out of all the things you've mentioned, you know, what's that one thing that just keeps you really going? A second. Put my... Every time on Zoom, after a while, I can't hear anymore unless I put my earbuds on. Um, so what is the favorite thing I do? Is that what the question was? Yeah, that kind of keeps you okay, going. Okay, now I can hear you. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, well, my favorite thing that I do is sharing the peaceful stillness of the sand hills whether it's a person that I've built up their confidence or ones that just want to come ride. There's just something about out there in those hills that just gives your soul peace and joy. And to watch them just go, oh, this is so wonderful. And it's easy riding. It's not like, you know, riding in the mountains where there's cliffs and it's easy riding. And just seeing people just be so at peace and relaxed and having such a good time, that that's the best part. It's there's no amount of money that can can give me more satisfaction than that. That sounds awesome. The sandals are just a beautiful place. Like yeah, there's just no other place like them. I think. Um. Let's see here. Where, what other questions do I have for you? If you've got questions, drop them in the chat box. Um, we'll get, we'll answer them as soon as we can. Um, but Sherry, you kind of touched on this a little bit. You said you did a lot of research kind of leading up to starting your business. Um, but let's talk about that a little bit more, maybe specifics. Earlier, you said you joined a lot of different kind of um, courses and you kind of do your own research and education. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. Well, I knew I had the niche after that, after that first expo and um, a lot of it went from word of mouth after that, but I kept educating myself e even so. And I think that's another part that is so important um, for people getting started in business. Once you see that you have a niche and you've tested it to see, you know, I would, I did polls. Um, the next year I went to the expo and I had all these sheets of paper. I had hundreds of them and I just went around, even if they weren't at my booth, I went around passing these out and said, would you fill this out for me and just drop it back at my booth later? And it had a list of questions of things that they would like. And if they would be willing to, to do those things. And so I just, I did a poll at the expo and there's hundreds of people at the expo. So that's one way I tested my market too. And then I went back and I, and I, and that was the old fashioned way on paper, you know? <laughs> so, um, and then the other thing is I didn't quit my own education. I, I still went to horsemanship clinics too, because I always want to improve myself. I'm never the best I can be I can always keep improving so I've ridden with a lot of the best guys in the world and I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars myself getting educated but then I've also taken online marketing courses um, too to um, keep marketing and learning about um, how to one of the things about is honing down your niche it's not just women who ride mine is pretty much women over 40 who need some confidence. 
and and you would think that that would make you have less customers but it it's better to have a sniper approach than a shotgun approach i would agree with that that's great um what is in store for the future for you and for your business well um I don't see myself quitting for a long time. I have no desire to retire, even though I'm 63. And I'm sure that, you know, it, like we talked about shock, um, it may evolve again, but for right now, um, just continuing on with I'm, what I'm doing and writing more courses and more books, because I love to write and I'm a pretty good writer. So uh, writing more courses and books and, um, uh, you know, we'll see how long my body holds up to keep doing it. But hey, even if I retire from, you know, like I kind of quit starting Colts and now I just take in um, tune-up horses, but, um, you know, just be, be open that it might evolve again and that's okay. And that's okay. I don't, I don't have a plan for a, uh, that right now other than to write more courses and books. That's great. To go along with That's what exciting. I'm doing. That's exciting stuff, I think. Um, Sherry, tell us one more time where we can find out more information about you. Well, um, my website is the easiest. I'm also on Facebook, um, but uh, heartinyourhand.com. Um, uh, the other place is, oh, let me look here. I have a really cool link. Okay. And it's called Link Tree. So it's L I N K T R dot E E slash Sherry Jarvis. And that has all the links to my blogs because I have a podcast too. Um, to my blogs, my podcasts, and all my websites. So that's kind of a neat thing that you can look at. And um, it's called, yep. That's correct. Whoever typed that up. Perfect. Yeah. And that's a really good place because it has all my blogs and my um, podcasts and all that stuff on it too. That's awesome. I didn't know you had a podcast. That's, that's cool. Yep. Mm -hmm. My podcast is mostly Christian stuff, but um, once in a while I might put some horse stuff up there too. Great. We'll have to check that out for sure. Well, with no other questions, um, I just want to thank you, Sherry, and thanks everyone for joining us today. Um, you'll re be receiving a short survey in your email, and we'd really appreciate your feedback on today's webinar and your input on future sessions. So our next open for business is June 8th at 6.30 p.m. Central, and you can find out more information at our website, wia.unl.edu. And if you or someone you know is interested in participating in one of these open for business, you can email us at wia.unl.edu. And in that email, include your name or the person's name, the business name, a short business description, and some contact information. And we will uh, reach out to you so you can be our next guest. But again, thanks for joining us. And thank you, Sherry, for being here with us. And I hope to see you guys all next time. You're so, so welcome. Thank you. thank you for inviting me. Yes. See ya. This has been Open for Business, a Nebraska Women in Agriculture Agripreneurship Series. 
Live webcasts of this series are held the second Tuesday of each month. See the schedule and register to attend live on our website, wia.unl.edu. Nebraska Women in Agriculture is a program of Nebraska Extension in the Department of Agricultural Economics, dedicated to providing unbiased education to female agriculture professionals in Nebraska. This series is based on work supported by USDA NIFA. I'm Jessica Groskow. Thanks for listening.